It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. It's the Back Judge Week 5 NFL Preview Podcast. I'm Adam Klepp, along with Tommy Murray. Lee Murray had to go wash some dishes, so we called in some, some reinforcements. Connor Ryan coming at you live from Kalamazoo, Michigan. How's life, Connor? Oh, life's treating me pretty good. Just got out of the exam, so we got that post-exam clarity right here, and I'm ready to talk some football. And Connor, if you will, just a quick retrospective on the week four Chiefs-Lions tailgate and game experience. Tailgate was great. You know, couldn't have gone any better. The game, Jonah was Jonah. For those of you who are familiar with Mr. Lopas, uh, people were not very happy with uh, the antics going on there. The Lions played well. They deserved to win. But, I mean, when you turn over the ball and it goes from the one-yard line back for a touchdown, you kind of get what you get. It's a interesting game for the Lions. They should walk away with some sense of confidence that they do belong. And I'll even admit it, I was a cynic on the Lions this year. They showed that they can compete in this league, and now this is where you go from here. you got to show how you're going to respond to it. Are you going to go belly up, or are you going to fight back and try to win the North, which is going to be one heck of a division. I think the Packers are a lot tougher than at least some people on this podcast thought. And then uh, the Bears are still the Bears. Daniel, I think, is better than Trubisky. I'm assuming most of this podcast probably agrees with those sentiments. And then the Vikings, who knows when Kirk Cousins can get it going. So the Lions, have they've got work to do, but they've shown that they are able to handle it. And uh, definitely, definitely want to try and do it next year with uh, the same crew if possible. But uh, Lopas may be one and done in that scenario. We'll... A little embarrassing just how much he was rooting for the Chiefs. Kid is wearing a Mahomes jersey, and you, know, you can just tell Mahomes is the one that got away from him in the Bears. He's, he's wearing that jersey with a little too much pride. You know, just, just think about what, what could have been perhaps. Yeah, it's a little sad. It, that's, and so, I mean, uh, Tommy, you were watching the game on TV. Uh, any just quick thoughts? Yeah, man, and as someone who, you know, was predicting a double-digit win by the Chiefs and as someone who had a considerable amount of cash on the Chiefs and, and stupidly tied them into all of my bets this weekend, so I was, I mean, I think Lopas just had to be issuing a blind faith and confidence in them to a certain extent because I certainly was worried even when the, the Lions got the ball back and, it, uh, you know, the Hail Mary attempt was, came up short evidently, but there was a penalty on that play that, that we were very lucky it was not called and, and very well could have had the Lions, you know, having the ball on the 10-yard line or 9-yard line, whatever it was. I believe Galladay just got straight up tackled on that last play. It was Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, okay. So, I mean. Yeah, whoever's in the booth for the Lions video-wise and reviewing those things, there's got to be some big questions, especially with the no-challenge call in the end zone as well that led to the Stafford fumble. Just really odd. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, more than the, the fumble return, I think that was probably the most egregious uh, call. Adam and I were just talking about about that a little bit. But I, I thought Galladay, I mean, as someone who was back in the Chiefs, I was obviously happy that it didn't get called a touchdown. But if that's a precedent that we're going to be setting, I don't like that. I think that should have been a, a touchdown for Galladay. And then, like you said, Connor, uh, they go around it and, and fumble the ball. And another thing was the, how many fumbles the Chiefs had in this ball game, man. And, and – I guess I'm crediting most of it. I mean, we saw Tavai do it in week two against the Chargers on that Eckler goal line play. I just kind of got to give credit to Patricia and this defensive staff for instilling that, uh, you know, ball, ball hawking uh, ability in, in that team because they got them, you know, uh, Mecole on the punt return to, I mean, the kick return to open up the second half. And then Sammy Watkins, Justin Coleman having one of the, you know, low key smartest plays I've ever seen waiting for Watkins to get up mm -hmm. and then immediately punching it out. So, Overall, uh, you know, my bank account is happy. The Chiefs won, but I come. I think the Lions should be walking away, as you said, Connor. Um, you know, they probably should have won that game, but they played incredibly well. And this defense, I think, is you know playing really good football and, and is a lot better than I at least thought it was going to be. And then the offense on the other side is is really dangerous. And 
a uh, big takeaway that I had before I hand it off to you guys is just the the uh, you know reverence that was being paid to to Jim Bob Cooter throughout the la last couple of years and how he was I guess maybe because of Peyton Manning there was some mystique around him but I think Daryl Bevel has just proven that that Stafford has been you know really misused and you know last year obviously he was injured but I just think as a you know a Lions watcher and as you guys as Lions fans you guys got to be in a, you know ecstatic to where the Lions are to this point uh, in their season. Yeah, definitely feel excited about them and, and the bye week for week five coming at uh, kind of a good time, even though I've never been a huge fan of the early buys. We've had Hawkinson was uh, dealing with an injury, Diggs left injury, Slay has an injury. So to get these guys back in uh, week six, hopefully all healthy and starting, uh, it should be good for them. But let's jump into these week five games starting out tonight. Big battle in the NFC West. And I'm not, I don't know, this game is is. A little hard for me to pick right now. I feel like the Rams kind of got exposed last week. They were a team that had struggled the first few weeks of the season, but hadn't lost yet. I think just to due to some of their better coaching and better better players and the teams they had faced. But the Buccaneers came came to town and hung fifty five on them, and and they're looking like they're having a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover or something's going on there that isn't right. And the Seahawks are also a team that I expected to beat uh, the Saints. Uh, in that game they played at home last week. They they won a pretty easy one against the Cardinals, but they're a team that has, has kind of played some teams close. Uh, they didn't exactly you know, blow the doors off of the Mason-Rudolph uh, Steelers. So I, I think I'm going to lean Seattle just because they're at home, and I haven't really been a huge Rams believer, but uh, where are you guys at with this game? Connor, go ahead. Guess first. All right. Well, I guess at this game, um, I I lean more the Rams here just because I know it's home for Seattle, but I think this is a game sort of similar with the Lions. It's like everybody saw this, but it's sort of a different attitude in that the fact the Rams got blown out by a bad football team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are a bad team. I've said it before. I think Win I had it in the draft that Winston is, is on his way out, and I think it's just prolonging the inevitable. I mean, this is a game Jameis Winston's going to hang his hat on when it comes contract time for sure. But I think this is a case of getting the stink off for the Rams and how you respond on national television tonight. I think the players are going to come out extremely motivated to kind of get the losing. I'm sure they're tired of the talk already. I mean, no team likes to lose, but this is sort of national talk. And I think they're going to rub it off and people are going to say they're going to be no one's going to remember this game in retrospect, the Buccaneers game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to talk about the Buccaneers a little bit more when we get into that Saints game because I surely uh, disagree with you. But from a Rams perspective, I thought, I mean, Lee and I were on the Bucks last week because we thought this team wasn't playing well and they were due for a loss. And I think now coming off of that loss against Tampa Bay, I'm just going to go with the better, the better coach, and I, and I would like to think the better team. I do think it's rightfully a, a pick em, but I, I'm leaning like you, Connor. I'm leaning toward the Rams just because I think that they're a better team in the end and they have a better coach, and I'm just going to kind of blindly put my faith into that. But I would not be shocked at all, uh, you know, if the Seahawks came away with a win. CenturyLink is, is really hard to go in there and seal a win uh, in. But I'm leaning Rams. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of a nice little spot for them to come off of that, that big loss to just turn it around and, and play on Thursday, refocus yourself. And if they can win this one, they'd probably be right back uh, on track in terms of the season. But another quarterback returning into the fold, Sam Darnold, coming back from Mono. It looks like he's been taking first-team reps. Tommy, now that the Jets have their quarterback, do you think they can kind of put away the early struggles of this year and maybe go into Philly where the Eagles obviously had a big win in Green Bay but have shown some vulnerabilities? Do you think they can maybe steal one here? I definitely like them to cover. I think that the Eagles right now are like 14-point favorites, but I just think the Eagles are, are too good of a team right now, and they're starting to round into form. I think we saw that a little bit last week in Green Bay. And unfortunately, I think the Jets, I mean, just being winless right now and potentially losing a game to, to the Eagles and, and being 0-4, I think could put the nail in the coffin for them. That loss week one against Buffalo is just going to come back to, uh, to bite them and really has propelled Buffalo on this track to where I think with the way that the rest of their schedule lines up, they very well could be a wild card team. But I, I really – what I just like to see from the Jets in this game is just offensive progress. And, I mean, that's going to be tough going up against, uh, you know, an Eagles front, front seven that I think is, is really good. But this, this secondary has been shown to be a little bit vulnerable. And 
I just want to see the Jets be competitive and at least show that they can stay in games with the better the uh, the better competition of the NFL because they've been a train wreck so far this year. Yeah, I think in this one I also lead, lean with the Eagles. I mean, this is a popular survivor pick that the Eagles are going to win this one. Mono isn't fun. I've had it myself. So I know with Donald coming back, he's probably not 100%, or at least he's not going to be – I mean – He'll be fine physically. It's going to be more just like he's going to tire eat more easily. That's really what the disease is. You just are more tired. So I think the Eagles win this one. They're better in both trenches. They have better skill players. Alshon Jeffrey looked real good coming back, so I don't think there's really anything more to say there. And I think, like Tommy said, if the Jets lose this one, this is kind of it for the season. And I'm going to be curious to see how players like Le'Veon Bell – who just signed a big contract, but aren't really used to losing games like this, respond. The Eagles, I think, obviously, are the more talented team, and I'm going to obviously pick them to win this game just because of that. But in terms of their long-term outlook for the season, obviously that win in Green Bay was big, but I am a little bit concerned about their secondary. Uh, it hasn't been that great. I don't think you've seen a huge jump from guys like Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas. And with the way Jim Schwartz runs that defense with blitzing so much, I, I don't know, I think that they need to either – maybe change that philosophy a little bit. Obviously you're not going to get Jim Schwartz to become uh, a vanilla coach. He's going to, he's going to send some horses after you on third down, but at the same time uh, these corners can't really be left on an Island. And I I know they have guys come in like Avante Maddox and even James Craig comes off the bench last week to make a big uh, pass breakup to to seal them the win on that interception. But uh, their secondary has looked a little bit vulnerable early on in the season. And I'm not sure that, uh, they can go toe-to-toe with these better teams and, and compete with that. So just something to look out for with the Eagles there, but definitely picking them this week. And, and in, oh, go I ahead. Wanted, yeah, Tommy. I was just going to say that uh, there was a report that came out that an unknown NFL team offered the Jags two first-round picks, and they declined. And I really would bet a large sum of money that that was the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, that's a side tangent, even though it could be a nice little segue into our next game here. But – the Jags look like they're keeping Ramsey, and a team like the Eagles, I think, could really use a game-changer in their secondary, as you were saying, Adam. Yeah, and I mean, as we get into this Jags-Panthers game, I think if you're the Jaguars, say that team is the Eagles, you just know those two picks are going to be in the mid-20s, and that's that's why you you know you wouldn't take that. Obviously, if you hear, oh, two first, like, that's a huge deal. Uh, you wouldn't take that just because it's mid-20s and you're not going to get a player of, of Ramsey's caliber down there. And it, I don't know, at, this, at some point, two Jags, just pay the guy. I mean, come on, these, these, these salary caps go up every year. Teams are doing, you know, a bunch of different stuff to make sure that they can get guys under the cap. I know that Jacksonville isn't, you know, the biggest market, but you're still an NFL team. You're still getting that share, even share of the TV money. Make that deal. But Gardner Minshew versus Kyle Allen. Uh, Kyle Allen has come in and, and won two games for the Panthers. It, is He's starting this game, correct? It, yeah, so Newton not yet back from that foot injury. Minshew Mania taking over, leading a, a comeback victory in Denver, has just shown what what he what he lacks maybe in in physical characteristics. He more than makes up for, and just having a little bit of an it factor. Uh, and and traveling to Carolina, uh, this should be an interesting game. And I think I think I'm gonna lean Panthers, I guess, because I like maybe I think you know Christian McCaffrey's having a great year, and I know Leonard Fournette had a great game last week in Denver as well, but. Um, I think their defense is good too, and I don't. I don't know. I, I this game really. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what the line is. If maybe is it a pick 'em, but I don't really have a great feel for this game just because I still think the bottom could fall out at any point for for Minshew and Allen. But uh, I'm just gonna go with Ron Rivera here and, and the Panthers at home. Yeah, and this one. Well, first off, I'd like to just say like how. For people who think expectations don't matter, I mean, look at Minshew versus like Bortles, a first round pick versus like a very late round pick, both kind of game manager QBs that Jacksonville, unfortunately, has kind of had to get used to watching over the years. And yet, like Adam said, Minshew mania is like, it's the new Tebow time right now in the NFL world. It's kind of the thing everyone wants to see. I'm going to say the Jags in this one, partly because of a theory, just, I don't even know how well founded it is, but I'm going with it. And that's that. Kyle Allen in college football, guy lost his job multiple times, whereas Minshew's been a winner everywhere he's gone. So that's what I'm going with. Give me the Jags. Um, I definitely think that Minshew is, is better than Bortles, man. I, th- I mean, I was, as someone, we, we had a, a back judge sweep last week, all picking the Broncos. And 
I mean, we can get into the Broncos a little bit later, but they just cannot offensively have, have no push, and I guess their defense isn't playing as well as it should be. And, and Minshew, I think, was really impressive in the fourth quarter of that game against the Broncos, making some big-time throws. And like you said, Adam, this, guy, this kid just has a bunch of moxie and you know, believes that he belongs where he is, and, and you can't let him stick around in games. And for that reason, I'm actually I'm going to stick with the Panthers like you, Adam. And it's not as much a reflection on Kyle Allen, but more a reflection on this defense, which I think is one of the more underrated units uh, in, the, in the NFL so far. Uh, their linebackers obviously are great, and it really comes down to their cornerbacks, who I think are playing really good football in James Bradbury and Dante Jackson. And the fact that they're at home with a, a little bit better of a team, and, and I just kind of trust this defensive personnel to, to really suffocate Minshew and, and give him a, a sterner test than he's had so far uh, in, in his career. The, the Panthers are three and a half point favorites, by the way, Adam. Okay, I don't I don't know if I would touch that yeah. betting wise, but um, definitely should be a good game to watch. And in other news, Daniel Jones two and zero as a starter. The Giants last week beat the Redskins twenty four to three, but the Vikings are coming to town. And while there was some issues last year week for the Vikings offense in Chicago, and it surely has been a disappointing year through the first quarter of the season for the Vikings offense and Kirk Cousins. I feel like this is one of those Kirk Cousins just, you know, get right games. He plays better against worse opponents. And when he plays against opponents that are better than him, he he kind of shrinks. So the Giants defense, even though they gave up three points last week, it's the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins. I'm not going to give them, you know, uh, the defensive, you know, crown for, for doing that. But Daniel Jones might be able to keep them in this game if it's at home and we'll see. But the Vikings, I think, are just overall a team that, like, when they did against the Raiders, just beat – uh, teams that they're better than on paper, and I think that's what's going to happen here at MetLife. Yep, I agree. I think I don't really think the Giants stand a whole lot of a chance in this one. I hope I'm wrong for my uh, wins pool sake, but I don't think the Giants have a lot going on. I mean, Daniel Jones is inspiring for sure, but with Wayne Gallman, I mean, it'd be one thing if Saquon's there, but Wayne Gallman, there's just not enough weapons on this team. If you had Saquon and Odell still, it makes you wonder what the Giants are really thinking they could have had a really exciting group. Golden Tate is back, though, this week. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. Saquon might play. I really hope he doesn't, and I hope the Giants... He, he's not going to play. Gonna There's no way. There's no way. I don't know. I'm not saying that for... I mean, There's no way. The kid's a freak, and the fact that he is somewhat healed from a high ankle sprain a week after getting it is just... It kind of mystifies me from a medical perspective. But, yeah, Clep, I really see this, like you were saying, as a, a get-right game for, for Kirk Cousins. And this really, I think, is a good uh, a good position to fade Daniel Jones going up against the best defense that, that he's played so far. I mean, he uh, Tampa Bay and and uh, the Washington defense is really nothing to write home about. And I, I really see this Vikings team getting getting right, as you were saying, Clap, especially offensively, and, and then their defense really suffocating Daniel Jones, and who's a player who I think will really struggle against a team, a defense that really is in his face and, and just is more talented than his offensive unit is. And this is Lee's uh, survivor pick, by the way. Vikings over Giants. Yeah, this is Lee's survivor. Yeah. Pick. Duty calls Murray. I I am out of survivor because of the Colts. So. Yep. Oh well, it's strictly risky survivor picks for me uh, from now on, which leads us to to a tough game for me to pick, which is the Falcons visiting the Texans. Definitely two of the more disappointing teams, I would say, through uh, through the first quarter of the NFL season. My Falcons sit at one and three, and after a loss at home to the Titans in, in week four, it's it's almost time to sell for these guys. And same for the Texans, man. I mean, losing a game at home uh, to the Panthers. I mean, two brutal home losses for both of these teams in week four. I don't know quite what to do here. And I, I think I'm going to stick with my Falcons for one final, final week. But uh, after this, it, it might be time to reconsider some things. I mean, Tommy, what say you with your big $80 bet? I'm so disgusted by the Atlanta Falcons right now, man. Like I can't even, I saw a lot of it last year when they were my, they were my pick last year and they were my wins pool team. And I, and I watched a lot of their games closely and bet on them very closely, but it's, you know, obviously Keanu O'Neill's out again, but the defense that the defensive problems they had last year, they're just a soft team, man. They're soft in the trenches. Grady Jarrett's really their only impact player on defense. And they can throw the – I mean, Matt Ryan's throwing for 400 yards every week, but they're putting 10 points up on the board. And 
and I forget who it was, but they were making a point that I really agreed with, and the Falcons are like a great team uh, in between the 20s, but when it gets in the red zone, they just really have no offensive game plan or you know, any real idea of what they're trying to do. And, you know, the Texans have been a little disappointing, but I still am going to be on them just because I think they're a better football team. They got a better quarterback and they might even have a better coach, man. I mean, I don't even really know what to think about Dan Quinn and the whole direction of this Falcons uh, unit. Last week, Lee said, Lee, Lee was on the Titans. You and me were on the Falcons. And I said, if the Titans blow out the Falcons, I'm off on them. And that's exactly what happened at home. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a bit of an offensive showdown and, and the Falcons are going to be playing uh, catch up a little bit. So I kind of like the over in this game, but I'm, I'm all Texans. Yeah, me too. I like the Texans in this one. The Falcons just, yeah, are uninspiring. Devonta Freeman hasn't gotten much going. Julio Jones, for whatever reason, just really seems to struggle to catch touchdowns. And I just don't think, like Tommy said, I just don't think they're a tough team that can really line up and run the ball down your throat at any point in time, which is just interesting because when they had Freeman and Coleman, they kind of were a hybrid sort of team, kind of similar to what the Lions are trying to do now. But nowadays, they're just kind of in a different gear. So I got the Texans, and I got my boy Will Fuller. He's going to have a big game. I like that over, Tommy. Yep. Daily fan. I was just going to say daily fantasy advice, load up the Texans and even some Falcons if you want because both of these secondaries are, are pretty trash. Yeah. The Buccaneers coming off their big winner playing divisional rival New Orleans Saints in Louisiana. The the Saints have have been, you know, going through this this Teddy Bridgewater experience. They beat the Cowboys 12 to 10, which I'm sure uh Tommy might have a few things to say when we get to uh, the Cowboys game later, but uh, they've been surviving. And so I I've been impressed by what Teddy Bridgewater has done. I uh Famously said in our group chat that uh, Taysom Hill might start a few games, and I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But based on what we saw last week, I think the Saints have to score a few more points to to get over the Buccaneers here. And the Bucs won uh, in the Superdome last year as well in that week one game where Fitzmagic and Deshaun Jackson went off. So, I mean, I think maybe this is just because I was in uh, in the cathedral and wasn't having my eyes on, on many other week four games. So I didn't exactly see the Bucks play. The, the Giants' loss is still fresh in my mind. So I'm going to run with the Saints at home with what I deem to be the better team and better coaches. But uh, the Bucks will definitely make it a game. And another, another. I don't know what the line is again, but I, I would stay away from this one uh, betting-wise uh, on the line for the Saints for sure. The Bucks are three-point dogs, by the way. Go, go yeah, ahead, I mean, Connor. I'm sure you're going to ream into the Bucks. Saints easy. It's this game will this game will not be that close to be honest. The Saints are gonna win this one. Buccaneers, it's like it's a good Saints. Everybody gets one every once in a while. And that the Buccaneers, they got their one. They should be happy about it. It'll be in the team DVD, being sold for ninety nine cents in the team store a year from now. That'll be the game everyone wants to see. But the Buccaneers are not a good football team. They need to move on from Jameis Winston. He doesn't belong in this league. He's not mature enough to be in this league. He should be at Central with Antonio Brown taking an English course. <laughs> that, that is quite... Or re- returning, returning crab legs. He should go back to FSU, take a new English course, and return some crab legs to a supermarket or something. Maybe, like work at he doesn't pu- belong. maybe you can work at Publix but, for a week and return the, the community service by working at Publix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He might be a manager there, but he's not a leader for the Buccaneers. He could be a leader at Publix, though. I do agree with that. Mike Evans is a great player. He deserves a ton of credit for that victory, but Bruce Arians also... He's kind of like new Jeff Fisher to me. Oh, God. He just kind of keeps sticking around. I don't really know how, but he does. I'll give him credit for that. I, I, I really couldn't disagree more, and I'm going to have to take the Lee Murray role as someone who's – I'm back in the Bucks this week for a, a point that you brought up, Adam. The, I don't know – I don't really trust the Saints' uh, ability to score a lot of points, and, and I feel like the Bucks are going to make this a shootout. And I just kind of am, am with Jameis over Teddy Two Gloves, really, if, if it becomes a shootout. So you talked about Mike Evans. What about my third overall pick, Chris Godwin, who is just eating, man? This guy is is one of Jameis' favorite targets, I think. They play him out of the slot. He wins in multiple ways. He can separate. Um, I really like this this Bucks offense. Uh, I think the X factor really is going to be the Saints defense, who played really well against the Dallas Cowboys and, and have really kind of carried this team, I think, through the, the two weeks without Drew Brees. But I do think that this might be a little bit too tough of a task for them, and that's why I'm, I'm leaning Bucks in uh, a shootout. 
No way. No chance. Jameis What I really well. enjoy about the Buccaneers' offense is how they don't throw to O.J. Howard, one of their biggest offensive pieces, and they just refuse to use him. I really enjoy that. And I also really, really like Ronald Jones. He's very, very dynamic. Ronald Jones is playing great right now. He's a great right running now, back. Great running back. Connor, Ronald Jones is playing awesome right now. I completely agree with you that the fact that Bruce Arians is allergic to tight ends is a huge turnoff, especially when you have O.J. Howard, who – I mean, before Hawkinson came around this year, O.J. Howard was the bee's knees in terms of recent tight ends product, uh, tight end products. He can do whatever he wants on that field. But to, to your Jameis point, I think Jameis has really been playing well. Um, he did have a bonehead pick in that – or pick six, I guess, against the Rams late, which I guess he's going to have. But I, I do think that he has limited those bad decisions as much as he really can. And I think Arians and Leftwich are doing uh, wonders for his, his game. So I'm with the Bucks, man. Matt Flynn week. <laughs> um, the Bills and the Titans are facing off at Nissan Field. I think these are two teams in the AFC that are, are frisky, but as we have seen, maybe can't hang with some of the more elite talents. Josh Allen had a really, really rough game uh, against a very good Patriots defense. Even and the, you know the Bills are in that game. I think they can kind of hang with anyone just due to that defense, but. They're not going to be able to quite get over the hump until Allen can stop making so many terrible, terrible mistakes. But I'm going to go with the Bills in this one just because I think their defense is is really that good. But uh, definitely two teams that are, are frisky in the AFC, and could this game could have uh, pretty big implications for, for a wild card spot when we get into December. Yeah, I think the Bills, I'm going to take them as well in this one. Again, another game where the Bills kind of got exposed last week in a game that was really hyped up to be sort of a division decider. I think this is definitely one where the Bills kind of have to do some soul searching, look at the room and decide, are we a team that belongs? Or are we kind of the same old Bills where we have a great defense and an offense that just disappears against good teams? But I think the Bills will respond in the right direction. Yeah, I'm with the Bills too. And, and I'm, I'm liking what they're cooking, to quote, to quote Adam Clef. And I don't know if – is Josh Allen cleared to play this week? Is there, is there a uh, word on that? Because he did get a nice little concussion in that, in that Patriots game. Either way, Matt Barkley uh, – I'll check. Okay. Well, I, either way, it doesn't matter because my boy Matt Fight on Barkley, stud from modern day, is going to be playing. Undefeated against Notre Dame. I just looked it up. Never lost to Notre Dame. I thought that's a pretty nice little sabermetric stat that I'll bring up. And I just – this Bills defense, I think, is, is unbelievable. They're a top-five unit. And uh, it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback because they're going to make it an ugly, low-scoring game. And, and I just kind of like them to make more plays in Tennessee, uh, give the ball to Frank Gore, kick some field goals, and, and make Marcus Mariota beat you. So I'm, I'm on the Bills as well. Yeah, another cool sabermetric about Matt Barkley is how USC was preseason number one and finished the year unranked. Yeah, that was a tough year, 2013. And another cool sabermetric about Matt Barkley is how he's a surefire first-round pick and then was a third-round selection round. because he decided to return to fourth school. Round. Fourth, fourth round. Fourth round. Oh, never mind. He, he was very early in the fourth people, round. Yeah, it, it, people had the TVs turned off when he when he got picked. Last time I checked, he's still in the NFL, and your boy Jimmy Clausen is selling hot dogs down in Newport Beach. So, I mean, Jimmy Clausen might have started more games in the NFL hey, than that. Hey, you know what, Tommy, 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 you were a hot dog salesman once upon a time, hey, so let's not, hey, let's, not, let's, not, yeah. let's not disrespect the, the occupation there. That's friendly fire. That's why I can make that friendly joke. Fire. That's why I can make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Cardinals and Bengals are playing in the most worthless game of Week 5. Cliff Kingsbury or Zach Taylor, one of these guys is going to get their first win as a head coach. Two offensive savants going at it in Paul Brown Stadium, but – so not not too much to say here, but Tommy, uh, I think, has a little piece uh, on, the, on the Cardinals. Well, I just am calling Cliff Kingsbury to action to put a game plan in that, that can, they can beat a Bengals team that gave up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and completely was a doormat against a Steelers team that I don't think is, you know, is, is feisty and, and needed to win at home, but they completely uh, quit on, on their team. And, and, I, and this is a game where you got Kyler Murray going up against Andy Dalton He's got more talent in his in his left pinky than Andy Dalton does in his whole, you know, body. Two Texas boys, uh, just they need to come in and get a definitive win and not a come from behind win and not a game where they're keeping the Bengals with it. Uh, I think you know the Cardinals defense obviously has been struggling, but uh, they're getting Pat Pete back, right? Is that this is Pat Pete's first? No, he's week eight. 
He's week eight? He, he, he's week nine. He's eight-game suspension. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was four. Well, either way, nope. this is a huge spot for the Cardinals to get their first win for the season. And, and as someone who had a lot of stock in them preseason, I, I really am, am hoping for you know their, their first solid game of the season. Yeah, I mean, that impassioned speech uh, warms my heart since I was having to listen all summer to both the Murray brothers talk about how this Cardinals team is going to be in the playoffs and they're this big, sneaky team. Kyler Murray's a uh, sleeper MVP candidate and all this big talk. Regardless, I'm still picking them because the Bengals suck with a capital S. Franchise honestly needs to be moved. They're so incompetent it really just boggles my mind Andy Dalton takes a lot of flack and I don't think he's a good player to be clear but this team has so many problems we could we could do an entire podcast literally just like dissecting the Bengals in their issues and everything that they do wrong on a weekly basis so the Cardinals will win this one but that's not really much of an achievement to be honest yeah definitely definitely not one that you think that these teams are going to get right after it pretty Pretty sure that yeah. both these squads will be picking in in the top five come come next year's draft. Yeah, and another the tie against the Lions is more impressive yeah. than if the Cardinals win this week. It was an impressive game. They should have won. Uh, another team that figures to be picking in the top five of next year's draft are the the Washington Redskins, having the Patriots come to town. And when Jay Gruden this week was asked uh, what the plan is at quarterback, he said they have no plan, which. Uh, just kind of lines up with a lot of things that you've been hearing out of Washington from the top down. Wouldn't shock me if Jay Gruden is a midseason firing uh, kind of candidate over there. It seems like things are just going south really fast for him. The Patriots are going to come here and, and absolutely wax the Redskins. Uh, I don't I don't have anything else to say, really. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Sorry. Yeah, this is my survivor pick this week. I really didn't want to like burn the Patriots, but – there's just no possible way the Redskins win this game, barring Tom Brady for the first time in his career just gets a major serious serious injury. I don't know. I don't and know. Even how you, then, how do you score three points against the Giants' defense? How do you score three points against the Giants' defense? I have no I don't, idea. I don't that's know ridiculous. Either. Even if it's yeah, Haskins, think, it's just that's just a joke. Yeah. Well, I think Jay Gruden's going to be joining his brother <laughs> next year. Next year. Going to be the OC in Oakland. Yeah. Yep, I think that's it. a good. I think that's a good prophecy. I, I, I've yeah. read into this, this quarterback thing a little bit, and supposedly the coaching staff never wanted Haskins, and it was a pure front office move, and, and Gruden threw him in last week to kind of show that he wasn't ready, and there, there seems to be this you know, behind-the-scenes uh, you know, mental game going on between the, the coaching staff and the front office. I don't think Gruden wants to be there. I completely uh, agree with you, Clep. I would be surprised if Gruden makes it to midseason. I think if they get waxed in this game like we all think they're going to, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets fired. So um, I think, you know, I think the Patriots are going to win big. I still have the Patriots left in my survivor pool, and, and they definitely are tempting. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to burn them, Connor. Yep, no, I hear you. Is Colt McCoy still in Washington? I believe so. Play the man. I want to see some Colt McCoy football. Hook him, baby. He's a grinder, man. He should have stayed in Cleveland. They had a franchise quarterback. What were they doing? Nah, who knows? Who knows? The Ravens suffered a, a pretty astonishing loss to the Browns at home last week, and they're traveling to Pittsburgh, who kind of have a new lease on life after beating the Bengals, although not a huge achievement. Uh, kind of put them back in the race with, with the Browns uh, pulling that one out in M&T Bank Stadium. I'm not going to ride with the Steelers here just because of how, how tough they have looked for the first quarter of the season. I'm not going to give them many, many points for beating the Bengals. But definitely a game that the Ravens kind of have to win here or else the, the Steelers might muddy up this uh, AFC North, especially with uh, the game that the Browns have to play on Monday night. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this one, Connor? Yeah, I got the Ravens in this one as well. I think they're going to come off the loss and bounce back. I think this is where Lamar kind of has to prove that this good start is going to keep going and that it's not just sort of a early season fluke. I think he will. This Mason Rudolph, he's, he's proven, I mean, he's proven he'll be a backup in this league for a bit with some upside, but I think the Ravens win this one, despite every time I seem to watch a Steelers Ravens game, it seems to go the Steelers way, but I think the Ravens do get this one, even though they're on the road. Yeah, man, I'm with I'm with you guys too. I'm I'm all Ravens, and I expect them. They're three and a half point favorites. I expect them to cover that as as road chalk. 
I just think they're a better team, man. And, and they're, they're coming off a, a gut-wrenching loss to Cleveland where um, I wouldn't pin that all on Lamar. I think that the, the, the Ravens' defense was getting completely shellacked by Nick Chubb and even in the past game too. And, and Ingram had a fumble. I mean, that game was closer, I think, than the box score implied. But I think this is a big bounce-back game for the Ravens against a team that I think they are better than in, in almost every facet of, of personnel. And, and like you said, Connor, I'm expecting a big game from Lamar. Let's go to uh, London, where the the Bears, yes. and, yeah, the uh, Bears and Raiders are are facing off, and Chase Daniel will be starting at quarterback for the Bears. Also, some some weird stuff going on there with with Roquan Smith. But again, I, I didn't watch uh, the Bears game against the Vikings in in Week Four. The Bears won at home, and I, I did pick the Vikings in that game. I have seen Chase Daniel play uh, last year at Thanksgiving in Ford Field. And just from my uh, initial reaction from remembering that game and, and seeing what I've seen from Mitch Trubisky through the first uh, few weeks of the season, I'm not sure there's much difference between those two players. So, so him, Chase Daniel starting doesn't really factor that much into this one. And I think the Raiders is going to have a very hard time moving the ball uh, against this Bears defense. So uh, I'm going to pick the Bears uh, heading into the bye week at a nice 4-1 and clip. Yeah, I have the Bears as well. This was my survivor pick up until about an hour ago, and then I got scared. So I I do have the Bears winning this one, though, and I think Chase Daniel's an upgrade, to be honest. Yeah, I think this game could prove Chase Daniel is, is an upgrade, um, but I, I'm with the Bears as well. It's going to be really hard for the Raiders to move the ball, and, and I think the Bears' defense – I mean, I'm, I'm more on the under in this game. I got it at uh, 40, uh, 41.5. That was one of my locks of the week, and, and I just think this is going to be a – a disgusting it's supposedly going to be wet in in Tottenham as well so I think there's just going to be a low scoring bout um I actually wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders won just because I, I think both of these offenses might have a little trouble moving uh the ball uh against you know each other's defenses which is why I think Connor you rightfully didn't stay away from this game in Survivor but uh the Bears their defense I think just should get them yet another win this season yeah, I got the. I would say under big time in this one too, especially with the weird time zone stuff too. It's offenses could easily come out sleepy. Connor, it'd be interesting to hear your your take on this as we get into this Broncos Chargers game. Vic Fangio mm-hmm. for me has been one of the at least the early returns have been extremely disappointing. I wasn't you know big on the Broncos. I didn't have them as an AFC wild card threat or anything like that. But I always thought their floor would be something like six and ten, just with the pieces they had on defense and and Joe Flacco probably, you know, one of the you know, bottom 20, yeah, below 25 for me in terms of like a quarterback ranking, but not completely incompetent, but Bradley Chubb tears his ACL. The defense has been somewhat toothless. I mean, they've had the the Bears and Jags now now come back on them uh, late in the game to win. I, I just, I, I've been quite disappointed by this team and I'm going to pick the Chargers to win here. And uh, I was just curious to hear your, your early thoughts on, on Big Fangio there because I, f- I feel like you thought he was probably a good hire for this Broncos team. Yeah, well, I was more so a bigger fan of the Flacco thing. I thought it would at least get them, you know, in the mixer for the division. I didn't know necessarily that they would win it, but I would, I would definitely be the first to kind of eat some crow on that one and that the experiment has gone horribly with Joe Flacco. This is not what the Broncos expected by any means. The Chubb injury is tough, but at this point, I think the Broncos, You, for, if you're Elway, and I was defending Elway, we had a whole spat on that when that trade happened, you and I, but you've completely missed the window as of, at this point. This defense is now aging. It doesn't have teeth, like you said. At this point, I think you honestly have to explore trades, and I think that includes Von Miller. I think you really have to look at like doing it the long way, similar to our hometown baseball team, the Detroit Tigers. I think that's where you're at with the Broncos. You have to kind of make some trades and play the long game because I don't really see a quick fix with this team barring you draft a Pat Mahomes, which those guys just don't come around every once in a while. Yeah, Connor, I couldn't agree more, man. And I think part of that is going to be Drew Locke getting some playing time uh, pretty soon just to see what they have in him. I, I read yep. today that um, you know if they fall to zero and five and are clearly in, a, in, a, in that division, especially losing to the Chargers and propelling them closer yeah. to competing with the Chiefs, they're really going to be out. And I, I mean, you're completely right, man. This team missed their window. I think they should trade Von Miller. Uh, I think you could get a, a first round pick from uh, you know a competitive uh, 
Sure. I mean, a team like I'm just trying to think on the fly. A team like the Chiefs, even though they just got Frank Clark, I don't yep. know the cap situation, but they wouldn't do that in division. Yeah, I mean you're, you're you're right, you're right. But I mean any team that you know has a chance and, and needs a pass rusher, which you know you owe, you never could have enough pass rushers. I just think that's going to be an incredibly valuable piece. And like you said, Adam, with Bradley Chubb being out, uh, I think this team should just go into tank mode and and you know get that top five pick and. and I mean, I would think being the quarterback market because I don't really believe in Drew Locke. Uh, so I just this team needs to see what they got, and that starts with them taking a hard loss in at the StubHub Center. Yep. Tommy, you want to take this this game here? Yeah, man. Also, 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 screw the NFL schedule makers. Only two late games. Like what? Awful. Well, I am happy. Doing. I am happy because I will just. I'm only going to watch the Cowboys game, which is which is going to be nice. I'm. I, yeah. You know, I'm not really going to be paying attention. But you're right. It's it's ridiculous. St- it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, the, the Cowboys really kind of, I don't want to say fell back down to earth, but from an offensive perspective, I think Kellen Moore probably called his worst game of the season, and, and the offense looked, you know, kind of toothless. Zeke did not play well. He fumbled. Um, it looked like they were kind of trying to die. They, were, they looked like their offense last year. They were dying on the run. They were, they were running HB dives every other play, and we weren't seeing any of the, the quarterback runs that we were seeing with Dak and, or the play action and, and not as much creativity. I think a lot of that has to do with Michael Gallup being out. Uh, you know, Gallup's dealing with a core injury, and they don't really have. I mean, Randall Cobb has been good, um, and you've you know you've got some other guys behind him. But outside of Amari Cooper, who got locked down by Marshawn Lattimore, it kind of exposed their their lack of a second dynamic weapon that you know that Gallup was enjoying a really nice start before he got hurt. So um, I'm leaning Cowboys in this game. I, I expect this to be a bounce back game against a Packers team that doesn't have Devontae Adams and uh, you know. This is just a, a game that they're going to have to, you know, bring their lunch pail to. And and especially because we saw this Packers front seven really get run the ball on with Will against Philadelphia. And they really should be able to run successfully against a, a team that I think they have the advantage in the trenches against and, and get Zeke a confidence builder back. So overall, I am a little bit concerned about the game plan, uh, you know, against New Orleans and how New Orleans was able to, you know, win that game a very low scoring game and the Cowboys offense was kind of perturbed by, you know, defense that didn't really strike that much fear into me. So I I expect this to be a bounce back game um, and a a game against a team that I I fear in the Packers and I think is the best team in the North right now. So I think this is a good measuring stick game for the Cowboys and and I expect them to win. Yeah. And this one, I'm sort of the, I lean the Packers in this one because I do agree that they're the best team in the North right now. Adams isn't for sure out. He's listed as questionable. He did light jogging today, but they do say signs point to him being out, but they said any participation on in practice on Friday would most likely point to him playing. So he's still up in the air there, but I, even then I'm not even sure how much it matters for the Cowboys. I mean, he is a dynamic player, but our boy Geronimo Allison, I fully expect to step up in that situation if he is out. I think the Packers defense has been a lot better than people thought, including myself. I think the Judon acquisition and some of the picks that were made have really paid dividends that I did not think. Yeah, Zedaria Smith. Yeah, yeah. Same ball. Yeah, Baltimore linebacker. Yep. Yep. I think it's been better than people have kind of thought. I think the Packers, especially against the Bears that first week, um, really showed how – I mean, the Bears' offense isn't great, but they showed that their defense can really hang. Not better than it used to. The Cowboys are going to be my risky survivor pick this week. Uh, I think while the Packers may not be the the implosion uh, Titanic shipwreck that I predicted them to be uh, in the offseason, I think that game against Philly, Philly coming off a short week where they lost at home to come into your house with injured and you lose to them, I think Matt LaFleur's goal line play calling kind of showed that he still isn't really uh, all together there as a play caller. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has horrible body language on the football field. So I, I don't think this team is all that it's been cracked up to be in the first three weeks of the season. And we kind of saw the first flash of their true colors on Thursday night. And I think they go into Dallas and lose this one. Maybe. Winning cures everything. So we'll find out. The run game is going to be crucial, man. If, if the Cowboys can move the ball with Will, kind of like the Eagles did with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, I think they should they should win relatively easily, especially if Devontae Adams is out. And I like you. I mean, I expect Geronimo Allison and Valdez Scantling and, and maybe our boy Equinemius St. Brown to, to step up mm-hmm. and, and make some plays. But I really just have no reason to believe that they're going to because 
you know, despite some flashes from uh, each of those individuals, their Devontae Adams really drives that whole passing attack. So I do think it's a big loss for them if he's not playing. Um, and, you know, the Cowboys, their, their offense needs to get right because you're right, uh, Connor, the Packers' defense, outside of what I was talking about, what their run defense has been, has been really impressive. And Jair Alexander is a, is a damn dog, man, and he's, a, he's an alpha corner. So quite, it's, a, it's a good mm. matchup for them. Watch for Dexter Williams on the ground, especially if the Packers get a lead. His weakness is pass blocking, but if the Packers do get a lead, he's gonna he's gonna be a runner that even though Jawal Williams going down, I mean, best of luck and wishes to him getting back on the field. But Dexter Williams has a chance to take over this backfield at least as a power four net type back is, is, if he can get on the field. Is Jamal out for this game? Is he still concussed or? I believe he's out okay. for this game because uh, Dexter was inactive the last game and he's been listed as active for this one. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. The Colts are visiting. They only carried oh. two running backs. Sorry. Sorry. You're good. The, the Colts are visiting the Chiefs uh, in what the schedule makers probably thought would be a nice little luck versus Mahomes rematch of that playoff game last year in Arrowhead. But now it's Brissett going over there. And it, the Colts losing last week to the Raiders was really disappointing to me. Uh, if, if they had you know, taken care of that game like I thought, I would have maybe pegged them to keep this one close in Arrowhead. But I just have a hard time believing that the, the Colts are going to go in there and, and get a win against the Chiefs right now. Yeah, Chiefs are going to get this one. You had the close call in Detroit, unfortunately. I mean, it was a near, a near mishap for them. And teams generally respond well after near mishaps. I think this is a wake-up for Kansas City. I think they watch this Detroit film, see all these fumbles, and I think they come out motivated to kind of crack some heads. Yeah, I'm completely with you guys. I think this is going to be a, uh, a big win for the Chiefs. Uh, going back to Arrowhead, I think that's where their offense kind of seems the most comfortable, uh, potentially. So I think this is a big bounce-back game for all, for especially Mahomes and a lot of those, those pass attack uh, you know, weapons that they have on the outside. And, and Tyreek is coming back pretty soon. Maybe not, maybe not this week, but I think next week he might be back. So... Uh, yep. This team, you know, is ever, you know, ever impressive on offense. And they do legitimately have, you know, when it comes to the playoffs maybe and, and playing teams, I do have a lot of questions about their defense. I mean, Detroit just ran ransack over them and, and Matthew Stafford diced them up. So if this Chiefs team wants to have, you know, wants to make it to the Super Bowl and get through the gauntlet that's going to be the AFC playoffs, uh, they're going to really need to t- tighten it up on defense. Let's get to our last game of week five. The Browns going over to Santa Clara to face the San Francisco 49ers. And, and the Browns showed life last week after I pegged them as, as draft season uh, eligible. They, uh, they went in to Baltimore and played a really impressive game and won. Even with Odell not producing, they just kind of ran Nick Chubb and, and, w- and willed their, themselves to victory there. I'm going to lean Niners here just because uh, Browns are making a West Coast trip. I'm still not totally sold on the Freddie Kitchens experience, but uh, that game last week in Baltimore certainly gave me pause for this one. Yeah, I definitely think um, I'm with you on this one. I think they're going to get the win pretty easily here. I don't think there's going to be much competition really for this one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, to be honest. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to back the 49ers as well, but I definitely think it's going to be a, a close game. And the reason I'm picking the Niners really just comes down to coaching. I think that Kyle Shanahan is a much better coach and play caller than Freddie Kitchens. But I still think the 49ers just have a way of, of letting teams stick around in games. I mean, that game against the Steelers, it does not inspire confidence in me. Obviously, they had the bye last week, so maybe that'll, you know, patch up some of the holes that they had and, and, you know, get them against a Browns team that is hungry and, and should be should be hungry because they're alive and well in this division and they just beat the Ravens and this division still could potentially be theirs, I think. So I think that the 49ers are going to have to play a lot better than they did in Pittsburgh to get the win. I expect them to do that and continue to be undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I think coming off, I mean, we all have the Niners here. I think coming off the bye and being at home is definitely huge for the 49ers. And I think the Browns just really haven't kicked their team into the gear that I think people thought they would have, even despite beating Baltimore the other weekend. But I don't think anybody really thought Baltimore played that well in that one. In impromptu prophecy, Nick Bosa multi-sack game against against Cleveland Monday night. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, – yeah. No, that was one of the bigger lines, I believe. You had, Do you have the line on that one, Tommy? Um, I believe it's three or two and a half. 
Yeah, three and a half. The Niners are three and a half point favorites. Okay, so it's about it. I kind of like the yeah. over. The over is at 46 and a half. I could see this game kind of being a little bit of a in the 20s shootout, maybe even hit a 30. I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I think I like the Niners in this one. Uh, home field's going to be big there. Tommy, before we get out of here, uh, parlays of the week. I, got, I actually got a little action today. I mean, it's unfortunate that we didn't do this on Wednesday because I do – I tweeted it out earlier today. I'm back on my tees, my Thursday night tees, which I've been um, undefeated in since that Panthers-Tampa Bay game. And I, and I got the, the Rams plus 7.5 and, and an over of 43.5. It's at minus 120. I've been really liking these teasers lately, and, and I expect this, even if the Seahawks win, I, I do expect this to be a one-possession game. I like that the uh, I get the, the Rams with 7 points so they can lose by a touchdown, and I do expect both these offenses to be exchanging blows. Uh, so over 43 and a half. And I also really like the unders in both New England, Washington, and Chicago, Oakland, like I said. But both of those numbers has kind of fallen since I got them at the beginning of the week. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any big bets this week. I'm uh, going to be taking a week off after my uh, Bills, Lions, Dolphins, money line Parlay. It was a tough one. It Didn't was great on it. paper. Hey, it was great on paper. It was great on, great on paper. Uh, Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Really, uh, really appreciate the uh, insight and content, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an always a pleasure to be on. Appreciate you having me. T-Bone. Adam. Tag. Hey, guys. Keep staying steamy.